film fans. We have a special edition today because we're going to do a deep dive into 2019. We have a special guest, Carl. Hi, Jim Tudor, president of the St. Louis Film Critics Association. Hello, Carl, and hello, Lynn, and happy birthday, Lynn. Thank you. We're recording this on what's not being released till afterwards, but it's Lynn's birthday today. Yeah, it's the big one. It's the ninth. It's the. She's uh, 80. <laughs> <laughs> 65 years old. She is now a... Uh, proud. I am no, now a Social Security uh, a, a case no. uh, and, a car, and a Medicare card. Don't they... AARP starts at 50, though, doesn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. Weird. You can get the... I got to remember to get my senior discounts today. We will talk to our guest, Jim Tudor, about Star Wars in just a minute. Around minute 23, we'll talk Little Women. Around minute 34, Uncut Gems. Around minute 46, Spies in Disguise. And then around minute 47, DVDs, Judy, and Western Skies. And then around minute 54, we will talk about our best of the year films. I am going to Union Station to Polar Express train ride because I used to read that to my children mm-hmm. every Christmas Eve, and that'll be fun. And Why I'm didn't going you on the take wheel. Your son, while he was in town, we are. We are. Oh, he's, he's still, still here. He's still here. Oh, good. He spends every birthday with me. Oh, yeah. That's now, sweet. Now yeah. I think is that that's where um, I think Philip Keeler is a friend of mine. He plays. I think he said this was his gig for life, uh, playing the Tom Hanks role. <gasps> Oh, on there. He's a, he's a he's, conductor. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a lot of fun in real life, too. Oh, good. I know some yeah. of the theater people are, are, are play, yes. you know, the the people, but they have a They're pre-show. They're very into it. Yeah. They have a pre-show at 8, and then we board. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the little kids in their GMEs and looking mm-hmm. with the wide-eyed wonder. And that'll remind me of when my children were little. So that'll be fun. And we're going to the wheel. Yep. Going to see what that looks, uh, St. Louis looks like in the dark. And it's nice weather. Actually, not really. You don't, it's not that tall. I, I mean, I love the wheel, but you can only see down as far as St. Louis University. Okay. <laughs> I thought, I'm like, <laughs> let's see if I can see to Clayton. No. Nope. No, you cannot. Oh, okay. I mean, you can, and you can't see like the arch grounds or anything. It's just not that high up, and it's surrounded mm-hmm. by huge buildings. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's typical St. Louis. We're we're just like we, we didn't go a, big we, enough. We have a good thing, and then we kind of we kind of drop the ball at some point, and it's it is what it is. But it's going to be nice, nice to see Union Station yes. again in its another revitalization, another renaissance, <clears throat> and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be fun. It's kind of a non-movie uh, day. We always used to go to see movies on my birthday, but bef- one, but once I started doing this ten years ago, then, then it you was can only watch them at home. <laughs> it, yeah, but it was only movies that we hadn't gotten links to, right, or whatever. But I guess I could go see Cats. No, well, you want you you want to wait till you can see the one without uh, Dame Judi Dench's hand and wedding ring showing. <laughs> Wait, is this because they do Cats 2.0 yes. is being released? And I think that was actually yesterday, Carl. Uh, yes. Sunday for the listeners. Um, they released uh, uh, the patch. Right. Uh, <laughs> because yeah. the Hollywood Reporter has reported that they rushed this for Christmas and they didn't finish all the SFX, including skipping covering over Judy Dench's human hand. Where you could see her wedding ring. I heard it was worse that that when the cats are dancing in the scale, you know, it, like the cats are supposed to be small, and they're so they're in a human sized room, and the visual effects has shrunken them. There are rings around their feet. 
uh, where the visual effects wasn't oh. quite filled in. This is what I hear. I didn't see the well, movie. Well, Tom, Tom O'Keefe said that some of the cats have shoes on, so maybe that's that effect. Yes. Well, some cats have clothes and some cats don't have clothes. It's weird. And then the, I, in my review that I talked last week, you don't they don't have the the mice and the cockroaches have human faces. So, it, it like Rebel Wilson trains the mice and the cockroaches to like do her bidding. And they have human it's really the the mice have children's faces and the roaches have human. It's just weird. This is not in the musical, FYI. No. But also, I heard Rebel Wilson unzips a fur uh, thing and um, is wearing, uh, and and reveals fur. Right. She's wearing. She's wearing. She's got like a fur suit, and then she has. It's like she's unmasking herself. Yeah. It's just. It's. It cats. just sounds weird. It's well, good. It's bad. It's cats to steal well, from it, Vulture. It did get. Uh, it. It did get a C plus from Cinema Score, which is hard to do, and it got a nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes doesn't matter, I know, but I'm just saying. So therefore, but anyway, well, we have got some good releases coming up well, Christmas I, Day. First, I want to ask Jim, since he taught the Star Wars class, yes. what he and his class did. They didn't. Oh, you have, you don't have them anymore. It's but, over. But you saw Star Wars Episode Nine. Yeah, The um, Rise of Skywalker. And were you I, – I read your review, and you can read it online. Zekefilm.org, thank you. And it was really well done. It was really well thought out. It Thanks. was kind of down the middle. Yeah, yeah. It's ambivalent, isn't it? Um, I've since seen it again, by the way. And I'm less ambivalent. I'm more – I'm a little more pro. Good. I'll just say. I was pro as the a, first time. As a Star Wars fan, at this point in time, having just come off of complete immersion in Star Wars. You taught a, a class for I, I 18 a, weeks. Yeah, and I'm funneled into this movie now, and then I have to review it on a deadline. This is exhausting to me. It's like I'm ready to – I love I love Star Wars. And I'll just uh, – okay, what's the old line? I, um, I love – I loved it. It was better than Cats. Right. I'm going to see it again and That's again. That's the Saturday Night Live yes. bit about the I, magician that right. hypnotizes everybody. <laughs> yes. I love Star Wars. It was better than Cats. I'm going to see, see it, it again. again and again. Leave me alone. Um, uh, it, it was... Uh, you enjoyed it better on the second viewing. I did. I, I and, and, you know, that just has to do with, for me being such a big fan... Um, that every time we see a new Star Wars movie, there's a surreal element. It needs to sink in, whether right. I liked it initially or not. You wrote it immediately after you saw it the first time. I had to, yes. Uh, I Deadline. Wrote my, <laughs> I wrote my review immediately after uh, I saw it the first time. Then I took my family a few days later after I'd been kicking around, and, and the movie had honestly settled into a very negative place in my mind uh -oh. where I was just like, this is... So you were down the middle, then it sunk yeah. to a bad place, and yeah. then you saw it again, and it lifted you back up. It lifted up. me back up because I went in that second time with such low expectations, plus my kids just liked it. And you saw it with the crowd, and then you got the screaming. Cause I didn't. There was Ronnie's, and they weren't screaming. Really? It was opening day, but I don't know what happened. I mean, it's weird. People weird. don't react that way anymore. Well, I we when we saw it as a critics group, there was one gentleman that was overtly excited and applauding every place where they would have applauded. Exactly. But everyone else was trying to take it in, and right. no one else went along with him. And I felt bad for him. I did too. I heard him. I, I suspect I might have an idea who that was. But I yes. I um I, I just know. ah yeah I. I 
seeing Star Wars with critics, um, I've done this since Force Awakens. You guys have probably been doing it a lot mm-hmm. longer. Um, for me, it was just kind of like, well, it's cool that we could see it early, but I think I know what I'm in for here. Right. Um, you want to see it with a crowd. I want to see it with a crowd of fans. <gasps> Ooh. But we can't. You know, everybody's going to be all, you know, some critics sitting there with their arms crossed going, mm, Star Wars, uh, let's get this over with. You right, know, which well, is which is the wrong way to do things. Well, the, it's a cultural phenomenon. The St. Louis Post Dispatch had their music critic <laughs> review the film for the, but he has done films before, but that's not what he does anymore. No, yeah. well, the theater critic Calvin, well, yeah, yes, yeah, Calvin, Calvin did it. Now I will say, The Force Awakens, we were not allowed to bring any guests, and Last um, Jedi we were, and, uh, and so solo. It, so for and my. Birthday in what was this 2015? 15. Uh, the boys, my children, bought us IMAX tickets at the Science Center. Nice. And the Science Center just reopened their brand new IMAX. And so we went to the Science Center and sat there, and it was like this. And I will say it was very immersive and really awesome. I saw Science, I saw, I saw Force Awakens at Science Center. It was so I do, I do think that. For Star Wars, I do think second viewing is better. Charlie went to see it Friday. And I, saw th- I saw it Thursday night. And I asked him, because he was our guest last week, and I said, so did you pick up on He goes, oh, totally. He goes, I think all the Star Wars movies you need to see twice before you can really... I saw Star Wars talk nine about- times in 1977. <laughs> I'm not going to see this one nine times. No, but you, over the course of your lifetime, you probably will. I, well, yeah. I did. Especially if I keep teaching this thing and this becomes part of it. Right. I'm, I'm dreading having to figure out what to say about it, though. It's just one of those movies where it's like, yeah, there it is. What do we say? So, I think I should have seen uh, Last Jedi before I reviewed this because I forgot a lot of Last Jedi. And then you guys were bringing up points. And I was like, you know, I probably should have seen well, it. Well, I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you fell on the light side rather than the dark yeah, side. Yeah, I try to stay positive with this stuff, um, even though... There, are, I'm not saying it's a perfect movie. Oh, it's not. <laughs> but I enjoy. I left. I left satisfied. And yeah. if this is the last one they're going to do, even though it's not going to be, Mm-mm. and they're still going to have the Obi Wan series, and they're yeah. still going to have Clone Wars is still kind of coming out really yeah, soon, yeah. and there's still one more episode of The Mandalorian. Ooh, hey, yeah, that's a real thing. I went home and watched episode seven of The Mandalorian. Oh, I, we be- watched it before because my family talked me into it. Episode seven was sitting there waiting for <sighs> us. Uh, but that, it's a cliffhanger. I know, I know. And I was just like, are we sure we want to go in and watch this? I feel like everybody's a little squirmy from sitting through the movie and driving around afterwards. And we get home and it's nighttime. Kids are tired. It's the end of the day. They wanted to watch Mandalorian. Yeah. I caved. It was, they were squirmy. They were, it was, you know, they were, every time baby Yoda shows up, some of my kids just can't shut up. Like, yeah. Oh, he's so cute. Look and, at him doing. Yeah, and it's just like I. And then somebody starts giving some, you know, one line of backstory about the state of the New Republic, and I'm like, no, I need to hear this, you guys. This right. is my job. Yeah, but it's I only need, a half. Yeah. It's only a half hour. You can watch it again. I guess. Yes. No. But yeah, and it left. A, yeah, they made everyone nervous and sad for Christmas, <laughs> and then and then the final episode of season one will be on Friday, which Excellent. is today. So. Well, I sort think of. they need to haul out a new uh, Star Wars Christmas special. No, that doesn't exist. It does not exist, except for the only good thing about the Star Wars Christmas special is the B. Arthur song. No, it is the <laughs> is the is the cartoon. 
the cartoon with Boba Fett. And it, they have made that canon now because the gun that Boba Fett has, the Mandalorian now has. Well, the whole suit. Right. Well, it's the Mandalorian looks like Boba Fett in that cartoon, the colors and everything. Yes. Boba Fett was not yet on model. Right. Um, that and, was and the and the gun with the pike on it. Yeah, that is the weapon that Boba Fett had in the holiday special, nineteen seventy eight. It's a lot of fun, and I showed that cartoon to the class because that's the only thing. I mean, Jefferson's it's it's Jefferson Starship. Yeah. without like anybody. <laughs> right. Well, Did, it has Grace Slick in it. Didn't they have an Ewoks Christmas special? Uh, no, no, it's a holiday special. There, what? there are two Ewok movies, yeah, and they aired on ABC. Yeah. And the weird thing about them is that, like, there's a whole family in the first one, and the second one's only the kids, implying that everyone from the first movie is dead. Oh no, Carl, it's not implying. Uh, let me refresh your memory. The first movie is the mission to save the parents. So the boy, the older boy and the girl go on the mission with the Ewoks to save the family. The family is reunited at the end. The second movie, Shows made one dead. year later, <laughs> it opens with a, a forest battle. And the little girl is wearing a life monitor watch showing like the, the mom, dad, mom, dad, grandpa. her brother. And all of a sudden, beep, you know, you see an ex- explosion. And oh, dad's the brother over dies here. too? The brother dies too, who is a main character of the other um, movie. It's just unceremoniously blown up in the first five minutes of the second one with damn. the mom and the dad, and you see them like you know laying on a log, firing a gun. It's like I, you know. So they paid them for one scene. Yeah. And then I, like we're just gonna go with the and girl. They blew them up again. This is like. Eighty-five-ish. It's weird to read that, you know, the history of that is that George Lucas had Amanda, his daughter, who Mm -hmm. was like three or five or something then at that point. She's a young girl, and she just loved Ewoks and wanted more of them. Even though Lucas had said, I'm done with Star Wars, Amanda says, I want Ewoks. So he made this for her. And if the rest of the world liked it, great. If they didn't, he didn't care. The first Making movie money anyway. was for her. Then the second movie, he was in a dark place again. Uh, was he getting divorced? I think he was divorced during Return of the Jedi around then. And this may have been like the Linda Ronstadt era or ah. something. So he was, anyway, it was again with the darkness and just like, uh, you know, kill them all. It's a very dark movie. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we talk about Ewok TV movies this long. Yeah, well... Um, well, we, we can we, go on to other Christmas on. Christmas specials. But I'm glad I'm I'm glad you liked it. Lynn is on the dark side on this. Rise of Skywalker. Uh, yeah, I'm in the middle. I'm it's okay, beat. Lynn. I you know it's not great. It's Dan it's a, hates it. Dan hates it. Max loves it. I I did give pros and cons. I I like certain elements a lot. I do think they try really hard. Sometimes it's tough too to hard. stick the landing. It is tough to stick JJ's the landing. JJ's notoriously uh, probably had trouble with this in his career. If you, if you, <laughs> alias, alias ends so stupidly. Star Trek. Well, Star Trek's technically not over. I was not as emotionally invested um, as the I third was movie is actually the... pretty good. Beyond is mm. good. It's all right. It's better than in what was it? Into in, Darkness, into which was Darkness? J. J. Abrams. Right. But that yeah, was it uh was Justin Lin did the third one. Yeah. I am a big fan of JJ's TV shows. Alias Lost, Felicity. Felicity. Now hold on a second. Lost, Lost he really... was he was only involved with the pilot. Correct. And then it was Carlton Coos and, and David Lindelof. Lindelof. Correct. Lost is yeah. a handoff that JJ's name wound up on. Right. right. And, and he, Felicity. He still... <laughs> 
I like Carrie Russell. I like her yeah. in this movie. It's fun to have. It's her. funny. It's funny that all of like Greg Grunberg from Alias is in this as yes. well, and Dominic um, and Felicity. Dominic he was Monahan. Dominic Monahan. Yeah, from, Lost from Lost. I wonder what happened to Charlie. I, I was like, uh, Charlie drowned <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean he did but i mean like his career like i still refer to all the people on lost by, by their, their character, character names. names daniel like, faraday was in uh saving private ryan and got <laughs> killed by a german soldier like i'm like oh, sawyer's back on tv and then uh, hurley is on hawaii Five O. did daniel faraday kill or get killed by the german soldier in saving private ryan i think he was the one that trusted the german soldiers and then wound up shooting them i don't know Anyway, I can't remember. now we're talking but, about now but, we're talking uh, yeah. about loss. We, we're in the weeds. I, we're in the weeds. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel sorry for Dominic Moynihan and Oscar Isaac's both in that same scene. Is it okay to talk about a scene early yeah. in Rise, Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. When we, I think everybody, it's safe to reveal that Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine, is back. Right. And, That's and in like, the trailer. He's back because he's back. That's pretty because, much because the, of Dark the Empire. Phantom, <laughs> the yeah. Phantom Empire. Uh, Emperor. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, right. The yeah, Phantom a, Emperor. There Phantom are Emperor. different... I Now that it, we've seen it again, mm. there are lots of words that refer to other mm. movies in the crawl. I, I saw that the first time around and responded very positively and then the movie started and it was like, oh. And, um, and that first planet that he's on... Normally, Exodus. Star Wars... No, no. The first planet he's on is Mustafar, where mm. that's where he finds the uh, Jedi Sith holocron. Oh, right. And way but they finder. don't but they don't say that. It's yeah, a, it's a wayfinder now. Yeah. But it was Sith holocron and everything else. But the weird thing is, every Star Wars scene starts in space and then goes to somewhere else. This one starts in space and then they cut to Mustafar. Yeah, it's it's, it's out of form. It's weird. It is weird. It doesn't feel right. Okay, one of my big beefs, Jim, is that <laughs> it uh Disney corporate uh it feels like there's a template they have to follow. Like, no, it's not that. They said how can we sneakily sell more stuff? And yeah, I just feel like it's very merch Heavy, you know, like, oh. let's have more. They've all been that yeah, way. I know they have, but I'm just saying, Disney, like, oh, let's have 25, you know, for the diversity. Let's have 25% this, and 25% that, and then let's have yeah. this, and then let's let's bring in more cute little characters that we can milk for, Deal. you know. And, and I just felt a lot of that, like a template. Well. But I did like quite a bit of it. When, when you have too much of that and not any... Um, R2-D2? Anything fresh and challenging in the movie? Like, there's no new ideas that we haven't experienced elsewhere, uh, you know, in volume. Um, That's a problem. Um, Like, Last Jedi had, like, Porg and stuff. Mm -hmm. but, But those didn't dominate your experience of the movie. They were just kind of this aside fun thing. Um... Because that movie was rich. Right. It's upset a lot of people, but it's rich. Um, this one, it's it ain't rich. It's it's like Return of the Jedi in that way. It's just like, let's get this thing over we gotta with. finish it. Well, and also, R2-D2 does have it. He's a major catalyst of what's going on. He's mm-hmm. the one that tells them that uh, the Emperor is alive and what mm-hmm. he's doing. But other than that, he is nowhere to be seen. Yeah, there's, which is very it's a, upsetting. It's a problem throughout the entire uh, new well, sequel C- trilogy. C three PO did even less until this movie. Yeah, I really and I like think Anthony that, Daniels complained. I really like the Chewy and the three CPO storylines here. C three PO, I like the C, you know. Yeah, no. So well, no, yeah. Chewbacca, Chewbacca does get two really good mm-hmm. scenes, mm-hmm. which I, I appreciate that. 
I do too. And especially a year Peter Mayhew died. Mm-hmm. So. But, but he died. I know he wasn't. They in dedicated. The last that's what year. my my daughter said. Are they going to dedicate this to Peter Mayhew? And I said, I think they dedicated Solo to Mayhew. Yeah, I think they did. And uh, Kenny Baker. Because yeah, they both died at the same time. Well, around not at the same. They they right. weren't in the same. Yeah. Right. Well, it did make 175 million over the weekend. So. But they expected 210. Well, so it's a failure. I, I went in, uh, basically drawn in by the the marketing, which is basically J.J. Uh, Abrams and company going out there saying we're not just ending the sequel trilogy we're ending the nine part skywalker saga that started 42 years ago that's what we're ending here so i went in the first time i saw it with that in mind and i don't think it works in that context no it does not it, it works as an ending to the sequel trilogy yeah. that's how it works right but but they screwed up in the marketing because they're trying to distance themselves from last jedi which is dumb it is dumb so so that movie still has it's i I don't know why there is still so much hate for Last Jedi and why it's mm-hmm. still – why it's so divisive for people. I think it's, because Luke is a cur- curmudgeon recluse. Nobody wants to see Luke They like wanted that. him frozen in ember as the hero they remember, like 22-year-old Luke Skywalker who's never changed in his life. And, it's, well, you, and like, you get a little bit of that. <laughs> here he is more than – yeah, more than a lifetime later for him. A generation later. It's like of course he's going to be a different person. He could have been two – it could have been two generations mm-hmm. later. So, yeah, anyhow, my question is— If they would have found love. Right. The first six movies are about Anakin. Yes. Anakin, 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 the chosen one, Anakin. Now, if this is going to wrap up all nine, where's Anakin? Anakin? Not just physically, but even even in mention, even in spirit, even in anything. It's like there's— there's nothing. They have his voice, well, but they don't. I, well, I and they have, they have, the, they have well, the mask, and they have the the legacy of the grandson. Yeah, but that's but that's about it, though. Window dressing. Why? Right. Well, well I, this is this. What if anything I would say would get spoilery? So I don't. I don't want to say. Right. Anymore. Well, it's still on, too soon. There are still. I, I know it made 175 million dollars. There, are, there are a lot of people that haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I still do think that um, Last Jedi, besides the. Um, the Luke thing, um, the the um, the death of Han Solo in Force Awakens left such a huge hole. I think you feel that in yeah. Last Jedi. I understand that, but they were all they were all supposed to die in unison. <laughs> yeah. It was Han Solo yeah. first, then Luke, and then Princess Leia, but not. That yeah. was not the way it was supposed to be. No one was well, supposed to die in real life. Right, exactly. I, I watched a part of uh, Empire Strikes Back this week, and, and Carl knows it's my favorite it one. It is. And, and, uh, but uh, is the, it, the, I still I, love Empire Strikes Back. It's just not my favorite that, one. That beginning in Hoth, the ice planet, yes. is, I, it's just so fun. You know what's, I just was smiling ear to ear watching it. You know what's it weird, Jim? Fun. And I have to. I can only tell you mm-hmm. this because she does not have the Disney Plus yet but you will um <laughs> how come every time the mandalorian ends it says since you like this we think you'll like empire strikes back it's empire strikes back every time I'm like why not any of the other seven movies that are on disney plus because that's a boba fett and yoda first appearance on film but it's every and every time i say i want to read the credits and i go back and have to, okay. have to move it move my mouse i don't know I don't, but it, it, I just found it weird. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I guess we need to go on to the Christmas Day release. Okay, fine. Lynn, I did be... watch it. I watched it. I watched Little Women. Okay. And I enjoyed it very much. I love this movie so much. And I'll, I have to preface it by it's my favorite book of all I, time. I, 
I have to correct us from last week. This is the eighth film version of Little Women. There were two silent films, and they do include the miniseries in the eight. So okay. this is the eighth version of this, including one two years ago on the BBC PBS miniseries, which uh, Masterpiece is showing. Yeah, they showed it showing last it weekend. Yeah. They were showing it last night. Okay. It's still yeah, good. I haven't watched the I, B- BBC and, oh, and I forgot to mention that the mm-hmm. Elizabeth Taylor version also has Margaret O'Brien from Meet Me in St. Louis. She cool. plays... And June Allison. And June Allison. June Allison well, is Meg. And it has to be... Uh, why? Okay. The, the, it's about Joe, but Meg is the oldest one. Right. And what everyone is saying about this one is the fact that uh, it redeems... Uh, not Beth. It redeems Amy. Mm. It, it re- because Amy is mm-hmm. always everyone hates Amy. Always Amy's always everyone's least she favorite character. Steals Lori. Well, <laughs> she burns the thing. Jim, did and you she watch burns it? Her. Yes. And I think it's a fantastic movie. Um, I have I come into it with zero. You didn't see zero, the Winona Ryder one. I've seen none. I've seen. I have zero history with Little Women whatsoever. I've never read it. I've never seen any of those eight other Catherine movies. Catherine Hepburn? Nothing. No, Carl. I've not, I, I, it's just, it's a point of, it's a blind spot. Not not, not on purpose. No, no. It's, just, it's just here I am right. at 46 years old and I haven't ever done it, uh, done Little Women. I, 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 made, I made myself watch I the Catherine Hepburn version because that's that the best best year in film, 1939. Yeah. Everything you have to say, which is not true anymore. It's still a blind spot. <laughs> so um, were you able to follow the story well? Yeah. It's but but here's the thing the the nonlinear storytelling. Uh-huh. This is the first time that they've ever done that. Yeah. yeah. Before it was them as kids, them as adults. It was it, part one and part two. It was. I could watch it and tell that this is a calculated risk on Greta Gerwig's part. And it's very well done. I, I think it works. Um, I do too. I, I'm, For I, modern I, film goers. Yeah. Because they're it, they're not dumb. Like they can they can follow a nonlinear story. Right. Right. I think there is such a vitality, a freshness to this one. The every time the girls come on screen together, mm-hmm. it's this burst of energy. Except that you know they're they're supposed to be like twelve and thirteen in the young years, and they they all look they look like teenagers the entire time. Well, they do look like they've aged at different points. Well, yeah, yeah. But this cast from top to bottom is aces. The supporting cast is fantastic. Emma Watson. Well, I'm talking about the support. Well, the the main oh, sister, like Chris Cooper. Well, Chris Cooper as Mr. Lawrence, fantastic. Just, just, just so fully realized because you know these characters mean a lot to me. He's when, not in love with Beth, but he he misses his daughter and. Uh, and he projects. Becomes, he becomes a father, father figure, figure. A, a surrogate because father figure. Because Bob Odenkirk solved being a priest for the Union Army. I, I don't. I never really got that. Well, he's in the. He's he, a. He, he's in the Civil he's War. He's in the Civil on, War on the Union side. Well, first of all, okay. He's a preacher. Louisa Mel, uh, Louisa May Alcott, in the middle of nineteenth century, wrote this book about her family. It's it was actually semi-autobiographical. Two, it was actually two, two books. Books, and. Uh, I read it when I was, no, fifth grade maybe, and then it changed my life because 
you know, it just did. And uh, so you I don't have, have to apologize for I, it. <laughs> it, it changed you know, many women and it men's did. lives. It did. Deal. It did. Well, an aspiring writer from a poor family who puts on shows with her sisters. I was like, okay. Anyway. And, and um, she, she's Joe. Yeah. And then plus she stands up for herself and she, you know, now wants that's, to write. That, that whole thing about the copyright thing, that's added. That's not in the book. Yeah, I know. But but it's so good. Tracy Letts, from the, from the first couple minutes, you see Tracy Letts. <laughs> Tracy Letts is, is the first person you see. And that first shot of her waiting to go into his office with her hard-earned work when it was handwritten. And it's just it's just brilliant. And him editing it. Because uh. at the time this book came out, women, as you all know, is very different time for women. I have a friend. So this That's is... That's a you, really well done scene. Yeah, this is a groundbreaking just to show women in context of the times. Of now, the 1860s. An aside, Concord, Massachusetts is where Lisa, Louisa May Alcott grew up. And but the is, city's fictionalized. Where, wherever right, they are is right. not. It's, but they did, Greta Gerwig wanted to do a lot in Concord. And uh, interesting enough, my son Tim taught uh, two summers at this private school in Concord, Massachusetts called uh, Summer, and it was Summer Fen, and he taught filmmaking so he's all excited that you know hey mom Louis and grew up here so he took a picture you know of mm -hmm. her home and everything but also Ralph Waldo Emerson and Nathaniel Hawthorne are from Concord Massachusetts so there's three prominent authors that they showcase that okay. this is from the town but those idyllic scenes like those scenes where the the fall it's just beautiful uh, so the March family Lives in a modest house. You go, Amy, Joe. No, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. Meg. No, Meg, Joe, Amy, Beth. Right. Four girls. And Marmy is their mom. And their dad's away Lord in the Dern. Civil War. And their mom is a do-gooder. And she's taking care of this family. And they take their Christmas morning feast to the poor people. And then the rich Lawrence's they see them do that the lonely grandson mm -hmm. sees it and then they bring over thing and that's yeah, it's how actually it's, his idea yeah because yeah. he sees girls <laughs> so Lori becomes the confidant of Joe and all that so there's all this romance and then he winds up marrying Amy hey, it's very famous spoiler and then, spoiler from a 200 year old book and and Beth <laughs> Beth gets sick because when they went to visit the family Scarlet Fever. Yeah, and all that. So it's a wonderful story. It's told very well. I thought the 1994 version with Susan Sarandon as Marmy, Winona Ryder as... Kirsten Dunst. And Kirsten Dunst as Amy and Claire Danes as Beth and Christian Bale as Laurie, fresh off of his Newsies. Mm. You know, because Newsies was 92 and this was right. 94. So I thought that was like a perfect cast and well done. I didn't. I was not familiar with the Australian actress that played Beth. Yeah, no, I didn't know her. But and she's supposed. I, I mean, they played all Meg. do. Oh no, no, no. You she played Beth. In, Beth. Beth in this. You know who she is? I do not. She was I just the, said that. She, <laughs> <laughs> she was in the HBO miniseries Sharp Objects. Okay, all right. The Amy Adams. Why? Yeah. That she was Amy Adams' sister. Okay. I did, uh, I did a day of work uh, for that. Did you? <laughs> Driving around. So you buying, saw her. Uh, no, I wasn't on the, like, they're filming that. Oh, LA, this was but, pre. But yeah, we got. Oh, when they know, did the got, St. Louis shots? No, 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 no. I, I just got hired to drive around and buy uh, oh, reference props, like because, newspapers and signage and drive to Cape Girardeau. Because it takes buy, place, because it's Jillian. Yeah, yeah, because it's Jillian Flynn and she's from 
Cape Girardeau-esque, you know, so I got to go to, you know, I got paid to drive to Cape Girardeau, buy a bunch of SEMO stuff, and ship it off to L.A. for the art department. That's fine. Oh, yeah. well, interesting. <laughs> well, they do have a shot of the arch because Amy Adams works at a newspaper in St. Louis. And, and never the, takes any notes. <laughs> and it's like the poorest excuse for a journalist. I will movie. say. Don't even get me started I, about that. I will say that Emma Watson, whenever she says can't, she says, she says it so fake she like she knows that that's probably a word that's going to catch her and it's 1860s she could have said it like she would say it normally but, but she's trying to she's trying to sound so american and not british that that bothered me a couple times because she said can't like three times in one sentence and i'm like oh come on emma rough day I'm no so but glad. but other than that she does a great american i mean none of them are really american well i guess they should but she's irish yeah, Saoirse. so none, of, so none of them are none of them are American. Sersha is just Florence. Lumin- she's uh, she's British. Mm-hmm. She's just luminous. Um, uh, Sersha Ronan is luminous as Joe, and she has a terrific chemistry with Timothy Chalamet. Mm. I thought so. I think he's of all of the people in the movie. I think he's the weakest. He's very awkward as Laurie. I mean, but he's, he's also acting against. Awkward. He's also acting against these women and. <laughs> He does have a cute scene with Meryl Streep. Oh yeah, and Meryl. Oh, yeah. as Aunt as Aunt March, the she's rich. almost <laughs> playing like a, a a Downton Abbey countess role. Mm-hmm. It's it's one. I thought it was lived in. I thought Greta Gerwig honors the history of the original of the original book, but she brings it into the modern era. Very sensibly. Sure. Yes, this is a movie that was made in 2019, and you can tell that. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. It's it. It's not going to move my needle on the ten films we're going to mention later. Nor but mine. I, I, I did really like it, and I didn't. Yeah. I thought, uh Little Women yeah. again. It would be in my like 11 through 20. Possibly. Yeah. I, will, I, yeah. I, I will give it an honorable mention. I think that it bristles with a vitality that it was really refreshing. And I just sat there and smiled the whole time from the get-go. And I was I wanted to watch it again, and I have watched parts of it again. But I think I'm going to save it for, like, my sisters to watch it with. Well, of course. So, yeah. All right, was... Jim, your thoughts. We talked a little about this last week, but what are your thoughts on Uncut Gems? Oh, uh you know, I just rewatched that. It's fantastic as a film. Um, it's, it's, it is, as uh, people put it, exhausting and exhilarating. I mm-hmm. think Andrew Wyatt said that. And it's like, what else do you say? I mean, this is Adam Sandler uh, just tearing it up for two hours and 15 minutes. He is playing this. a character. He is playing, as yeah. Jimmy Fallon says, he has four characters. He's But he's playing one right. the entire time. This New York like a singular Adam Sandler stock character mm-hmm. that he keys in on. Yeah. And, uh, with the fake this, teeth and right, right. And the movie knows that he is limited, abrasive mm-hmm. and irritating, uh, and just chooses to go with it because that's who this guy is. And, uh, isn't the backstory was Dan, Dan was telling me, I think it was, if I'm remembering right, that the Safties have family, experience of some sort uh, in the diamond district or I, something i don't know i don't know about that i know the original story is they wrote it for yeah. kobe they wrote it for kobe bryant mm. and he was it was going to be him but once they got garnett they just changed everything because kevin garnett the basketball player is, is in the movie yes um no this is um it's 
I'll, it's I'll talk great. more about it later. It's well done. Well, that yeah. that anxiousness. It, so will I. <laughs> oh, that anxiousness that you feel the whole entire time. Yeah. It's cinema it's just, verite shot. It looks like it's. It looks like they're following him down the street. Well, yeah. they they have that style that they did the, in Good Time, and I knew nothing about these guys quarters. when I saw Good Time, and I went, "Oh my God, who are these guys?" There is just such a, a, a an energy to their style. It's like a high wire act, mm-hmm. and and you're just on the edge of your seat the whole time. I felt that this guy had no redeeming qualities whatsoever except he did like his kids <laughs> yeah well d- did he does he <laughs> i don't yeah. know <laughs> now julia fox is a friend of the safety brothers she's a breakthrough performer as, you, as far as do you I'm think concerned. she's do you think we'll, we'll see her in anything else do you think that she's going to get acting jobs out of this i hope so I think so. I think she was uh, she was pretty fresh, you know. She was she was playing the mistress in different ways that right. you normally. What seems to she's be the a only one that has a happy role. ending. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a thankless role. Um, the mistress, the, the her part, but yeah, it and, isn't. And, and and she's in um, states she, of undress. The, but then again, uh-huh. at, when the first time. The first couple of scenes, you don't know if it's the same girl that you've seen in the lingerie until she starts talking because she's working in his shop. Oh, I didn't have a problem with that. No, I, but I, I, I wasn't sure at first. I'm like, is that the same girl yeah. or does he just have like random mm-hmm. because you can't tell he could have three or four side pieces. He's that kind of gross guy. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, he's a, a gambling addict and everything is so self-destructive and driven by his his uh, adrenaline junkie life and the looks that his wife, Adina Menzel gives him. She's great. She hardly has any lines. She just has a lot of looks that are just withering. (laughs) Icier than Elsa. She is. uh, The scene in the parking lot at the recital is just. (gasps) There's. Oh, well, and did she, she later at the, she just walks away. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) There's so much uh, that Celtics game. Oh my god! I said this on the radio this uh, the other day that I found myself rooting for a Boston team, which I never thought I would do, and because I wanted something good to happen for this guy. Mm, I didn't. But but di- you didn't want you wanted. I, I was kind of like I wasn't rooting against him necessarily. I was just kind of like. Mm-mm. Oh, let's just see what how's happens. This, how's this going to yeah, end how's this going to end? How's this going to end? I'm curious how this is going to end. Well, you know, the, suppo- the supporting players, the people that are after him, the one guy. I, Eric Bogosian? Well, yeah. Him, his brother-in-law. But, but but he has one of those faces. Was that spoilery has, that I said that? Is his brother-in-law? Yeah. And then I don't think so. Well, the guy that's the, the, the comes I hope in. Not. <laughs> the guy that comes into the shop. That seethes the whole time. The the gray haired dude. Oh, that's a, that's another guy he owes money to. <laughs> he yeah. owes money to so many people. Yeah. Oh, the look that guy is just seething and ready to burst and ready to pop. Yeah, but and he then, doesn't he doesn't have uh, the muscle behind him like oh, the other creditors do. Right. And and there's so many people in this that look lived in, and the people yeah. that work at the jewelry shop look lived in, and. It's it's so much texture and a, like this barrage of activity and stress, and, and you don't know where you don't know where the next thing's going right. to come. And this is where the screenplay is so like stealthily great because there is a lot of stuff being set up. That don't you let don't, them in. Don't let that, them in. Yeah, you don't realize uh, that 
a lot of the chaos that you're seeing, uh, you know, is actually a, a good deal of it is set up that pays off. Yeah. Uh, in the way that great screenplays do. Um, it's a very deceptively fantastic screenplay. In the evening, he's at his child's recital hot, reci- mm-hmm. uh, play mm-hmm. and then are not. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes from his ho- suburban perfect home that's not really perfect that just that little scene in the audience well, of he the lives recital. in Long Island and has a place by the house it, it would actually make sense for him to have a place by his house so he wouldn't have to to meet clients and then to you know right have a side piece <laughs> right but also just when they're talking with that other couple that that's a Mm-hmm. With the why, it's just it's like you said, it's just so well set up. But think about that: the evening he's trying to do normal things, normal dad things, and then he's going back into the city mm-hmm. for his wild side life, and uh, he thinks he's doing a good but, job disguising. That. Yeah, <laughs> which who's the girl that lives here? <laughs> is it is it mommy? Well, how yeah. about the guy from Good? That, I was just—I was debating whether or not to mention that. What what a weird cameo! One of these weird, uh, like arbitrary cameos that's just out of nowhere. John Amos uh, just shows up. Is they knock on the door uh, and ask if the kid can use the bathroom in the apartment, and he's and, and number he one or number two. Son, yeah, he even tells his son that this is <laughs> this, this guy's guy famous. A, this guy's a legend. He was the dad on Good Times. Well, for the first three and, seasons. Yeah, yeah. Till Norman Lear killed the him off. <laughs> yeah, and sure enough, there's John Amos. For ten seconds, and that's it. This is not a setup and payoff, by the way. That's no, it. That's it. It's, it's a whole a weird. It, it's it's long enough, like Ray's fighting her evil self. Yeah, actually, I think it's about the same time, <laughs> about the same amount of time on screen. Mm-hmm. But it, but it's one of those movies where you have to know what you're getting into, or else you're going to walk out. Like people Why? will. I mean, not me, but uh, but I think no, that stick with it. Well, I, well, I think there's people you that don't... think, oh, Adam Sandler, Uncut Gems. And they're they're gonna walk out. This is why this movie's going to have trouble with the at the Academy Awards, because the older voters are just going to be frazzled and hate it, uh, just because of what it is. It's busy. Uh, yeah, it's busy. It's 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 yelling all the time. It's it's grating. And this is like like David Lynch does. Like Straight Story is not Lynchian, mm-hmm. and so therefore that's why it got all the accolades yeah. because. The older voters like this is this is this is something we can enjoy. Right. Yeah, we know he's good, but we don't care for those films. That's all. So yeah, straight story. Elephant Man. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this one. No, uh, I, I think it's not Twin Peaks. The I Return. Suspect, <laughs> I suspect that this movie will have trouble. Getting... You don't think he could get a Best Actor nomination out of this? <sighs> well, SAG Maybe. didn't. SAG didn't. Uh, he got shut out of SAG and uh, Christian Bale. And Taron Egerton he's, got in. He's such an irritating, loud, abrasive character on screen that I just think with what we know about Academy voters, this will cost the movie. He, we know he's good. Mm-hmm. Our group voted him best actor. A, a uh, lot of, of independent of, groups have voted him best actor. Yeah. Right. And yeah. some of the critics groups and they've given Safdie's uh, director or screenplay. And mm-hmm. This is where our critics groups like ours uh, come in handy in the bigger picture because you know the Oscars is what history remembers. Um, hopefully, we are laying a pathway to them that they can that, that they'll look at this Did and say we need to pay attention to Adam Sandler. Golden Globes. 
I no, no. I hate Golden Globes, yeah, so I don't I, care. But it's 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 good to keep his name out there. Exactly. Technically, the movie's not out yet. Well, he's such a big star. I would think that he would get nominated mm-hmm. for that, even if they watched it or not. I mean, that has sure. more to do with schmoozing to that Hollywood Foreign Press. Yeah, it's less than 100 people. Yes, it's less than 100 people, and they like to be wined and dined, and that's exactly they what like they get. They like to meet the star. Or like as, as Max says, gypsies, tramps, and thieves. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> he, who they are. He uh, will not. But they, Cher is a member of the Hollywood Foreign Press? Mm. They, uh, they've had some questionable people win yes. over the Didn't years. Didn't they, like... Not Pia Zadora won Best yeah. Actress one Notoriously year. Notoriously in 1982, was it? Uh, best, it was Cat People? And it was like a movie called Butterfly or something. Oh, and her it wasn't even Cat People. No. no. Her husband was a she producer and he wined and dined everybody the weekend before the voting. Yeah, that cost the Golden Globes credibility for many years. They bounced back a little in the 90s and now they're kind of a joke again. So I don't know. Well, what I always say to people is it's 98 people right yeah. 98 people and right. you have to write like on one those. article a month if that I how think. do you get into this group well you have to be you have to write for a foreign yeah press, press. <laughs> so let's talk to our friends in uh, europe and i don't know that that's what they mean by foreign though no no um, i think i think they have to be like it has to be not u.s Okay. But it's about Hollywood in other countries. I think it's just like if you're not located in Hollywood, like we would count. Oh, wow. I, I could be wrong, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, the drama yes. is Christian Bale, Antonio Banderas, Adam Driver, Joaquin Phoenix, and Jonathan Price. So no sand. Do they unless, think unless he's a comedy. a comedy? The comedy are Daniel Craig, Roman Griffin Davis, Leonardo DiCaprio, Taron Egerton, Eddie Murphy. Okay. Huh. All right. There you go. Well, sorry. So, no. Sorry, Hollywood um, Foreign Press. But I think he's a. Sorry, I think he's a independent. Uh, the independent, independent film awards. award. Yeah. Those are actually my favorite awards. And uh, uh, I believe uh, the woman from Parks and Rec. Uh, no, I keep, I keep wanting to say Allison Brie, but that's not right. It's uh, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. She's hosting again, I believe. Huh. Will her facial expression change? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, she played him out. What's the other one? Oh, Spies in Disguise. Spies in Disguise. But none, none of, of us, us saw it. it. It's Will Smith as a pigeon. A pigeon? Yes. And, and uh, Tom Holland. Because it's animated. It. Yes. It's animated. Okay. All right. So now So we're let's gonna... move on to DVDs. I loved the movie when I came out. I thought it was going to be in my top. When I watched it, I said it was going to be... My favorite movie of the year. It is no longer on my list. I but I do love Renee Zellweger's performance in Judy. It is I I loved the film when it came out. I loved it when I saw it. And then I did research and it is it is like it is like the Irishman. It is like the Bohemian Rhapsody. It <sighs> is full of lies. <laughs> of course. But the, I and I understand the story. It's it's a well done story. But they're also saying this is the this is what happened to Judy Garland in the first in the last six months of her life. No, it is not. I see the fact that the movie's full of lies. I just go in and, like expecting that to be the case. I I was like, well, you know, I, it still moved me. I yeah. still like it. Her performance is where it's at, and that's all this movie has going for it. I thought it sat there and was very dull. 
I uh, but she's great. Uh, yes, I, I had the disadvantage of seeing the source material, the end of the rainbow, uh-huh. and they took the play. Yeah, the play, and they took great liberties with it. But also, um, I have a problem with Renee Zellweger singing because nobody can duplicate Judy Garland's yeah. tremble in her voice, that vulnerability, and I had a problem with that. Besides, she purses her lips a zillion times, and it drove me crazy. That's a t- <laughs> that's a personal uh. personal tip that just drove me crazy mine is the uh, when they're clapping when they're holding the microphone mm. and a lot of stars do it yes and uh the the guy that she marries mickey played by finn whitrock um he, they actually were married when they got to london right. that was all see that's all that that another thing why skew that that's weird well because it makes her look more desperate i'm thinking oh you're right that's and, why. and 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 she he was number five it, and it's like people like that just say oh I'll, I'll go to your next wedding uh, there yeah. are parts of i just yeah i just have issues with it but i get it she's a front runner for the oscar and she's great so yeah and i cried when she was singing over the rainbow because yeah. they save it till the end of the movie and everybody <laughs> cries whenever you hear her somewhere over the rainbow it's a, it's a big dopey happy moment that works yes and our our buddy pete maniscalco says that it's it's just a better version of uh, Florence Foster Jenkins. <laughs> yeah, the ending like that. of that movie, which right. is so I I um yeah so it's it's gotten mixed and you know people who love Judy Garland may or may not friends of Dorothy yeah like it yes uh that one ce- that one scene is good but it's totally made up the you know the oh fans, the scene when when the, they, they when the she goes to their the house fans, yeah you know because she had nothing I know I did read a lot about Judy at this period it's a very sad I when I yeah, growing very, up very sad. sad growing up I thought Judy Garland was a contemporary but I because I was a child and I loved her and she's like oh she's beautiful and I love her and then you find out oh she died before you were born because she right. was addicted to pills well when you find out about her childhood and yeah. about how they used and abused her yeah. it's just pill to wake up pill to go to bed well there's those scenes in the movie Judy of her as a younger girl uh, working you feel with sorry Louis for her. those are horrible scenes those are stupid scenes they're so condescending and uh, want to paint her as this this kind of rebel who's going to stand up against the system and you know you can't jump in the water Judy you can't eat that food those are props you can't have any food to eat for real uh, here's some pills and then you see Judy Garland little girl defiantly take a bite out of the, the cheeseburger the, the cheeseburger and jump into the pool and oh down with the man you stick it to him young Judy Garland and what the heck and it still tortured it, her yeah it, it didn't work no. she didn't rebel she and, got sucked by the system she it's, got murdered by the system. Well, it's so condescending to audiences now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's like Who the little the Little Women trailer where they take the speech that that uh, Saoirse Ronan is giving to uh, you know they cut it to make it look like she's talking to the editor, right? Uh, where she said, "I'm so tired, sick and tired of women being depicted this way," da, da, da. and they cut it off before they get to the hook of the scene, the mm-hmm. meat of it. That the that's like, and I'm so lonely. They cut it off mm-hmm. in the trailer before she says that line, right. and that's the line, you know. Right. That's the best. And yeah. and and the, no. her relationship with her mother, just as an aside, we didn't talk about Laura Dern. Oh, fabulous! The looks that Laura Dern and Saoirse Ronan are giving each okay. other. Yeah. I didn't mean to get back to Little yeah, Women. Back no, to, but, no, but, but getting but, back but to yeah. the 
the deficiencies of Judy makes you appreciate Little Women more. Good. The nuances of it. Yeah. All right. I didn't it's, a, see, it's a heavy hand, I think. Is Western Judy. Stars the movie that you love so much? No, I haven't seen it. Okay, it's then. It's a documentary. It's Bruce Springsteen. Oh. Oh. Right. I didn't see this either. Yeah, I, Did I we get it? Yeah. We, we have access, a link uh, on the Warner Brothers links. That's unfortunate. Yes. I wish I would have seen that. I wish they would have sent it to us as a hard copy. Really? And they sent us Motherless Brooklyn. <laughs> and they didn't send us the It's other a message ones. film. Yeah. So anyway, um, getting back to uh, Uncut Gems at the yeah. Independent Spirit Awards. Best feature. It's nominated a lot. Yeah. Best feature. Best director. Best no, I'm yeah. They only have Josh. Oh yeah, they got both of them, Benny and Josh. And they have uh, best screenplay, best actor, our best male lead. They don't call it a right. actor. And then um, that is mm, as far as like uh, okay. Oh, um, editing. The, the editing in that movie is brilliant. That it makes you feel like. It cannot be overlooked. the The editing of that movie is, I think, it's indisputable how essential and great that is. Uh, yeah. Well, well put together, this movie is. Yeah. So we would. Right. Say, so uh, Christmas Day, you couldn't have more diverse. No. Or go see something. Watch. Or Star Wars. Or you can get tickets. I think it will be very difficult to get tickets to see Star Wars on Christmas Day. Do you? I do. Hmm. I think there. I think there are still a lot of people who haven't seen it yet, because they were so sold out. And people and you, we've all seen it twice. Well, not you, Lynn, but no. the star the, the Star Wars fans have seen it twice already. Well, and some some uh, families like to save things to go out on Christmas Day all together. Right. Yes, I, I know understand. a family who does that. Like they always uh, wait my, for the big blockbuster. My parents do that. They go, and I. They're not like us where we have to see everything right, right. away. And, Stay yeah. off social media for uh, a week and a half or whatever. Right. I, I avoid all blockbuster social media. I avoid it. Shall, to think. shall we so start deep dive? Worst or, I'm sorry. Worst or least? Oh. Okay. So take a break. So let's just start with our top ten. We'll do ten through six and then go quick. Lynn, what are your ten through uh, – do you have any honorable mentions that you want to mention? I do, but I'll be, I'll be really brief because we want to get oh, cut to the chase. Uh, my honorable mentions, Ad Astra, Bombshell, Dolomite is my name, The Farewell, Ford versus Ferrari, Peanut Butter Falcon, Shadow, Linda Ronset, Sound of My Voice, uh, Toy Story 4, Queen and Slim, Waves, and Yesterday. I know. I had uh, t- I did 15. Uh, I have three honorable mentions. I have... <laughs> Aha. Uh-huh. Jim, do you have anything that didn't make your list, but you think you tried really long and hard to try to get him on the list? Yeah, uh, Marriage Story, The Irishman, <laughs> Yesterday, Good for you. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Parasite. My name, uh, Dolomite, is my name, and uh, you know I really like Shazam, and and Two Popes, Two Popes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, uh, let's. Lynn, let's go with your ten through six. Okay. In descending. 10, Avengers Endgame, mm-hmm. 9, Joker, mm-hmm. 8, The Two Popes, mm-hmm. 7, The Irishman, 6, Jojo Rabbit. Oh, ooh, okay. See, I want to put, I'm putting Jojo on my uh, honorable mention list. See, I, oh. all right, I'm doing that. Jim, go ahead. 
10 Number 10 is a Chinese film which uh, is known for having the single longest 3D single take with no cut in history over an about an hour long, this bravura moment. It's called Long Day's Journey into Night. And uh, it's, it's, it's by an upcoming director called B. Gan. It's a great film. Again, Long Day's Journey into Night, my number 10. Number 9, Toy Story 4. Number 8, 1917. Number 7, Uncut Gems. And number 6, the documentary Honeyland. By 10 through 6, The Irishman, number 10. Number 9, Toy Story 4, same as you. Uh, number 8, Avengers Endgame. Number 7, Booksmart. And number 6, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Lynn, number 5 for you. Little Women. Uh, my number five is the documentary David Crosby, Remember My Name. Really yeah, it's a yes. fantastic documentary. I really urge people to seek that out. You will be moved. Speaking of names, number five, Dolomite is my name. Eddie Murphy's return to doing good things again. Yeah. Number four, Lynn. Parasite. Parasite. We'll talk about that in a second. Jim, number four for you. The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. Yeah, how we... Pat crazy movie uh, impossible to explain it uh, really what a what a it's a crazy black and white two-hander from the director of the witch uh it is odd it is uh compelling it is beautiful uh my number four is uncut gems which we just talked about you can rewind and hear it uh, number three lynn marriage story oh you mean a divorce story <laughs> yeah uh, my number three is Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time, dot, 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 in Hollywood. Lynn, are we going to talk about that later? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My number three is, I'm sorry, I did it, episode nine, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. I enjoyed it, I liked it, and I appreciate what they did. It's a good ending. All lists are personal. That's you got to go with what you feel. You, you went and did it. You put it at number three. Number three. Of the I, year. Of the One that you don't like very much, 1917. We're going to talk about that next week. But I appreciate it for what it is. What it is. It's yeah, great. It is. I... <laughs> okay. Am I supposed to say what the, my... Uh, Your second runner-up of the year. Uh, the movie Carl refuses to watch. Waves. I, really? Waves, yes. I am not going to see it. Number two uh, film of the year. It is uh, It is something else. It is. It, I, I know a lot about it, which is why I don't want to see it. And I don't begrudge anyone for seeing it. I just know what it is, and I know I would not care for the film, which Dan has accused me of being biased against. Because mm -hmm. I also told him, in the, along the same veins, I am not going to watch Love Actually because I have no desire to see Love Actually. And it's some people's favorite Christmas film, and Lynn watches it every year. <laughs> but I, I don't, I am not going to watch Love Actually. I'm, I missed the boat on that. And Waves, I, the subject matter is just very, um, for someone who has a teenager, I don't want to see it. The comparison between Waves and Love Actually, I can't, <laughs> I'm still trying to get my head around that. It's, it's just, Those are two movies that I'm never going to see. Okay, fine. I See, to me, Booksmart is the more... Uh, disturbing movie, like having teenagers looking right. at the way teenagers are living their lives 
in that movie and going, holy cow, what, what am I, where are we headed here? This is the life that they're headed into. You know, these bizarre parties and weird relationships that, that, I that's why I thought I don't recognize. That's why I thought it was so true to life. I I enjoyed Booksmart because I I know that those kids yeah. are doing those things. Um, I think I expected way too much out of Booksmart, so by the time I saw it, I was well, underwhelmed because people were telling you things about it, and that's how I felt about Old School. Old School, I saw it too late, and it was ruined for me by people that loved it so much. Old School, yeah. See, with our group, I know we. I don't know if we safe to say this. I mean, we we had to break a tie between best original screenplay between knives out and, and uh, no, it was between, between, well, that was that. Yeah. For, for the nomination. nomination. And, and uh, so, you know, we're sitting there in person having our meeting and who wants knives out and it's crickets. It's me really. Mm -hmm. And then who wants book smart and it's everybody. And uh, you know, and then it didn't win. It has (laughs) yeah. Well, it didn't win, but it has a great screenplay book smart does, but I, still hold on to knives out as the better of the two i'm sorry guys that's okay no don't, yeah. it's don't your it's your opinion it is mm-hmm. it's your opinion yeah. i think uh sam mendez is a genius mm-hmm. and i think 1917 is a game changer in terms of like you were roger deakins does things he's never done before and that's saying something yes. cinematographer he is great in this he i think yeah. he it, We'll talk about it next week. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and it is based on it is based on Sam Mendes's grandfather's stories, but the no, urgency. No, it's not. It's yes. made, the woman wrote. It was the woman's grandfather. I thought. No, it's Sam Mendes's Alfred Mendes. Mm-hmm. But she. He was a runner. I and know. He was a he was a runner. Her, but his didn't grandpa? she come to him with the story? Uh, I'm going to have to research this before yes. we talk about next week because I thought she came up with the story. No, it's his grandfather co- was a runner. She gets, she gets co-writing on this because she brought right. him the See, idea. I say none of that matters. It's the movie itself, and you look at that, and you say, this is an immersive experience, 1917, and it is beautifully rendered, and I am compelled by these characters and their mission, and it's makes a point that I think is relevant to today. Yes, it is. It is. I, I appreciate it for what it, I, it did not grab me that way. Mm. Uh, my number two film of the year, I was bouncing back before be what between one and two. And I went, my runner up is parasite. I mm. love parasite. Great movie. It is so good. It is unexpected. These are characters that I wanted to know more about. These are characters that I wanted to. How do they get this way? What's what happened to them that makes them good at what they do? And if they were good at what they did, how did they end up in a slum like that? Why haven't they been cheating the system for years and gotten into a better? Ah, and then once they get into it. They mess it up, <laughs> and it's it's it's, it's the so most original good. screenplay of the year. It is going to be nominated for best picture. It's it's going to win best foreign film for sure, yeah. for sure. And director Bong Joon Ho is going to be one of the five. Yeah, I, I think so. I loved it so much. The way he blocked it, the stage, the way he shot it, brilliant. Just brilliant. It is my it is my second favorite film of the year. It almost was my number one, but one of you has already mentioned it already. <laughs> Lynn, what is your favorite film of the year, 19, uh, 2019? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What? Yes. Jim, is that yours too? Well, no, I mentioned mine was oh, number that's right. three. Oh, that's right. That's right. But it's, it's, it's up there. I... Um, 
interesting journey for me with this film. Um, I came out of it underwhelmed uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. It was just, it felt long. It felt rambly. It felt a little disconnected with itself. It gets uh, better though. But it just percolates in your mind and gets better and better. And I've only seen it the one time, by the way. It gets better. I'm not like some of these people in our group who who went obsessively and saw it because they remembered Dan Buffa. 69 and <laughs> Dan yeah, Jim Dan has Tom seen Stockman it a lot of times. And, yeah, Tom Stockman I think went every day for a while. I believe that. Um, it, I believe Tom was, would do that because he, he it connected with him. Celebration of manly masculinity. I I But it also it also tears it down too. It does too. Exactly. It, um, it was like on the precipice of a changing of the guard. Yeah. And I loved it. I love it as a love letter to Hollywood. I love it as a golden age of television. I love it as a ch- – because everybody considers the the day the 60s died was the Manson murders. Right. And that every time the Manson family is on screen, you have that feeling of dread mm-hmm. and tension. Cause, well, because you know it's QT and he, you don't know what Quentin's going to do because no. he's not going to follow the script right. of life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like I'm sitting there fully knowledgeable that he's going to probably turn things around historically here. Uh it's it's great. It I enjoyed it's it such very a much. Very personal uh you know, as it as I said, it's settling into my memory over the course of many months, and just rising in esteem and rising in esteem is this great. Piece you didn't of work. like it at first, and now it's your number three well, film it's not of the that year. I didn't like it. It's not that I didn't like it. I appreciated you appreciate it, it more, but I didn't love it the way I was hoping to, and uh, and then it rises in my brain, and and it's uh, such a personal piece of work for Tarantino. It's like this might be his most blatantly personal film. Well, do you think he could have made this film if he hadn't? done a change of history like he did with Inglorious Bastards. Did Inglorious Bastards have to come for this film to be this good? And even yeah. though Hateful Eight's in the middle, that's not based on a true well, whatever. He's still it's, avenging a historic wrong though. Correct. With Hateful Eight. But but he it does, if he would not have done Bastards as seven, would nine be possible? I don't know. Because he, he set a precedent by Killing Hitler. Yeah. Right. And so. Yeah. I think he takes a framework here, which is good. It's the dying. It's the old guard. It's the old Westerns. The, the, uh, what do you, how do you say that word? Machismo. Machismo. And it's that, and, and Leonardo and Brad Pitt who have never worked together before. They are so good. It's it's Brad Pitt's movie though. And the studio, the grandiosity of the studio system is dying. It's running on inertia. You can see these giant billboards in Hollywood for things like McKenna's Gold and these big, splashy, ginormous that nobody that sees nobody, and cares. Nobody talks about or remembers now. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, and that's what Hollywood studios were, it's were what giving it was. people. Television, uh, junk television, was dominating, and that comes through big time. That's such a huge part of this movie as well. I, the meticulous details here, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. Ro- Robert Richardson's cinematography, that one cl- scene when it's clothing. twilight. Oh, yeah. It's just L.A. looks beautiful, and it looks like it's nineteen sixty nine. Absolutely. And and the whole star system, and then just the the freedom of the party that's at oh what with the Steve McQueen and the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, yeah, the Playboy Mansion. That that whole series of the, of that freedom, that sense of youth 
sure. and uh, the culture changing. It, it's fantastic. And I think if I was older, it would be higher up on my list. But I, it's still number six. It's still, that's, that's that's respectable. That's yeah, nothing to sneeze still, at. Any right. movie on our top tens is a, a great movie. And because, I was happy with Endgame because yeah. it, it, wound, it had an undaunting task of wrapping up 22 movies. And it did. That, that's why it's in my Is that your time. number one? No, 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 no. My, it was, that was my you number You mentioned eight. it already. I, I did, yes, yes. Okay, forgive me for the, okay. the whirlwind I, of titles I, I, I here. Forgot. Yeah. Well, for, what, for what is 10, your number one yeah. movie of the year? Oh, my number one. Thanks for asking. No, uh, my number one, I, you know, I don't have a runaway, obvious, uh, hands down number one. I've struggled with this. So and last I. night when Lynn texted me and said, let's do this countdown, I'm like, well, doggone it, you're making me finally put these I in order. To, yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting there struggling going, what's number one? I, I like all these movies a lot, but none of them are jumping out at me. What do I love? What do I just in my heart love? And that movie is, and I, I grant you, it's an imperfect little piece, but Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. I, it's a great, that's a great choice. A great I, I adore Jojo Rabbit. I've seen it multiple times now. Um, it just works. I love it. It's the, heartbreaking yeah. and it's encouraging at the same time. And it's hilarious. It's funny. It it's is funny. one of the sharpest social satires in years. Yeah, it really is. And I think I think history will, you know, it will rise in the collective consciousness, I think. Do you um, think she'll win for actress or best supporting actress? I think they'll only give her one if she's nominated for both. I think she will be nominated for both, but I think ScarJo will only win one because that's what they do. You don't win t- two. No. Um, she's going to win, uh, well, actress? I guess I would think for Marriage Story, but but I think Ju- Renee Zellweger is going to win for Judy. So, uh, so do you think they? I don't know. They they, don't they, know. they collude Robbie. on this stuff all the time. Yeah, Margot mm-hmm. Robbie's got the edge. That's remember when, remember it was, uh, it was George Clooney, and he he won Best Supporting Actor, and he walked up and he said, "I guess I'm not winning Best Director." <laughs> and so because that's that's how Hollywood works. Yeah, we gave you this, so that's what you get. Exactly. And so I, I think if she's nominated for both, she will win one of them. Hmm. I, that'd be nice. She's never been nominated. She's before. never been nominated. Yeah, interesting. Well, I think uh, it's hard to say because the competition over in the Best Actress with with Renee Zellweger. But um, I would say she she's more deserving of the Best Actress for Marriage Story. But you know, I, I just named Jojo Rabbit my number one of the year. I'm not going to take anything away from her performance she's great. in that. She's she, amazing. Yeah, in she that. does her job. She uh, that's a supporting actress role through and through. Um, as far as just kind of establishing the texture and the in this case the morality. I would even let I would even let the little Jewish girl Tomlinson. I would absolutely vote she's, for her for best supporting actress the, too. Uh, the yeah. ensemble is terrific. Uh, Sam Rockwell, Rebel Wilson, Stephen Rebel Merchant, Wilson. Archie Yates as as the little, little boy, friend, the friend, and Roman Griffin Davis. That's a that's a youth performance mm-hmm. of the ages. Mm-hmm. But when I say to people, Jojo Rabbit is terrific. You should see it, and they look like that's the Hitler movie. Hitler. Yeah. Well, and, and I said, trust me on this. Again, for the like you know knee jerk Academy voters, I you know they sent us all this Jojo Rabbit stuff like uh, mm-hmm. screenplays and CDs and things. On the cover of the screenplay, it's been sitting on my coffee table for you know a month now. I just noticed that it says down at the bottom, an anti hate 
comedy? Is mm-hmm. that what it, you know? They they mm-hmm. they have to put that on there. By the way, for, for the people yes, who see this, yes, go, Hitler's in it. But oh, he's it's an a idiot. Hitler thing. Oh no, no, it, they have to just spell it right out. This is an anti-hate movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's how not all Germans were bad. <laughs> well, it shows you the growth of the Hitler Youth and mm-hmm. why they relied on the youth, and it shows that whole yeah. uh, indoctrination. Hitler's that been propaganda. lying to us a lot, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it shows that whole that whole process yeah. that Germany was undergoing. And maybe it makes Hitler funny in the way that uh, Alec Baldwin makes Donald Trump funny. Um, you know, you Satire. look at it. Yeah. Exactly. It's satire. And plus, it was funny. I watched this with my two older kids one night when the other younger two had gone to bed. And, you know, uh, my daughter who, you know, she loves uh, movies. uh, And so does my son, actually. He's more of a gamer, though. Um, He looked at the movie and thought, I I don't know if what was happening with Hitler quite resonated until he picked up the screenplay that I mentioned Mm -hmm. and started reading it. And it says in there that... uh, uh, this is the imaginary friend Hitler. This is not Hitler as we know him. Oh, that's the screen direction. It says that in the screenplay when Hitler shows up. They say that this is Hitler as the boy sees him. and, and so, As they've been telling him so he is. This, yeah, we only, this Hitler only knows what the boy knows. Right. That's a lot deeper than... Yeah. Yeah. And that helped my son... Um, I think uh, really appreciate it even more than he already did, which he was already on board with this. Movie, that is but. a solid choice. I I don't think anyone could give you any any grief for choosing that movie. I'm sure we could find someone. Well, no. So we who we didn't agree. like Jojo Rabbit? I know we all have it on our list, don't we? Right. Or we have our our close to it. Yes. I think. Um, yeah. No. I think it's well. It's, I have, it's worthy, and I also think. That, oh, I'm going to surprise you with mine. Okay. Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry. You no, I haven't gone mine. I, I have. I. It has been. It is between this and Parasite all year. Yeah. This and Parasite all year, and they are both foreign language films. I had the best time and felt when I left the theater. I was so happy that I watched The Farewell. And that's on my list of films that I regrettably have not gotten to. Oh my gosh! It is so. Yeah. Aquafina is. A delight. The whole the whole story is based on a true story mm-hmm. from uh, and the writer and director told it on This American Life, and made it into a fantastic love letter to family. And I I really had a great time about this. If you do not know what the farewell is, it is a story a Chinese American family. They have family in two cities in the United States and back in China. Grandmother is dying. They don't want grandma to know that she's dying. So they fake a wedding so that they so that everyone can get together and say farewell to grandma. And the poor the poor wow. would be bride and groom. They look so nervous. Oh, she doesn't speak she doesn't speak <laughs> uh Chinese. So she doesn't know what's going on. And it is and yes, it's it's an American movie, but it is ninety-nine percent in Mandarin. Nice. And so it is it is extremely well done. It is. And the grandma is great. Yeah. The the woman who plays the grandma. Well that's that's good. See, all films are personal. They hit you in a certain way. I you it you're was at a, a small certain little point film, in your life. Small little film and it just, it's just the way it made me feel. And that is my favorite movie. 
It's like Parasite, but on a different level. I am going to watch this movie tonight. You should. Yes. No, I, I've been meaning to, honestly. I feel terrible that I've made it this far uh, and haven't just... Well, see... It, it's fallen through my cracks, and I don't know why. I was I was talking well, to Max. I was talking to Max, and I he and I, I said, I wish in the St. Louis Film Critics groups, I wish that both Booksmart and The Farewell had gotten better response and farewell was nominated for stuff but it was always up against booksmart yeah and i'm and more people had seen booksmart you can blame me in part for that just for not getting to it i i'm sitting there I'm with a the pile of screeners and going oh, i still boy. haven't watched lynn has yelled at me i've still watched not watched two popes and plus I'm, part of it is yeah well that's a great movie but you know part of it is um i'm thinking well I sort the screeners into two piles. Like my wife would want to watch this with me, yes, but exactly. I don't think she'd want to watch this. So I and you can watch those on your own. I watch those on my own during the day when she's at work, and uh, for the days I'm able to do that. And then I, what I'm left with is the ones that I think she'd want to see. And then we don't get to you don't watch them because <laughs> we don't. Yeah, it's like our lives no longer are that way where we watch a movie together every night like we used to. Well, I used to, you know, do two and three a day and sometimes don't get that far. But, and then you move. But, but then, yeah. And then you but, had family issues. And, and then, uh, but the... Life happened. Yeah, life happens. But the ones that I tried to catch up on, I'm woefully behind on the, quite a few foreign films because... Oh, we've been told. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, our, our critics room. You guys need to see more foreign films. You need to see more documentaries. I'm, how come Apollo 11's not on your list? It is. I just glossed over because I thought I had too many. It's okay. not in the top 10, that's all. Okay. Yeah. It's not. A, um, I love documentaries. So My uh, favorite film last year was a documentary. Right. Well, Biggest Little Farm, I know that Andrew doesn't like it, but to me it's life-affirming. And if you see it, well, you I will think have a affirm- smile on your face. I think The Farewell is very life-affirming as well. Right. And Biggest I think Farm is fine. Yeah, I think there's some ones like that. But I love the music ducks. Amazing Grace, Linda Ronstadt, Sound of My Voice, David Crosby, Remember My Name. It was a good year for music love documentaries. Those. I finally did watch Rolling Thunder Review, which had a debate going on. And yeah. I enjoyed it uh, thoroughly. Not that it's making my list. But there are just some you just can't get to everything. I didn't uh, see. Um, what is it? I didn't watch Richard Jewell. Yeah, I know because after everything came out and got shut out, I'm like, yeah. I don't need to see this. Yeah, I and exactly. I didn't. And I know some people t- that love it. Well, I know I uh, went into it as a movie without knowing the the thing of the whole controversy about the reporter. Oh, and all your reporter and friends yelled at you. Yes, yeah. um, they did. But a thing about because I was been a journalist for over forty years, I hate. There's there's bad doctors, there's bad lawyers, there's bad everything. There are bad journalists. When they show a bad journalist, it infuriates me because they lump all of us together. Hmm. They lump us all like, oh, you're all like that. Well, no, we're not. On the conservative radio station I was on this morning or last week, they asked me about Bombshell and they said, so. And I'm like, I have not seen it. And I'll, I, I told them what you guys told me about it. And I said that Margot Robbie is fantastic and so is uh, Naomi, our uh Naomi Watts, and so is uh, Charlie Theron, and they said, "Well, what if? What about it?" And I, I'm like, "They, they it, stick to the story of the workplace." Roger Ailes was torn down for being a pig, and this movie shows it. Did you say that? 
I did. Well, <laughs> I, I did say that. Proven fact. Okay, what yeah. I what I said last week was it's a proven fact. Fox shelled out millions and millions of dollars yep. because of him and Bill O'Reilly. This is about toxic toxicity in the workplace. Politics does not enter that issue. No. no. And it shouldn't. And that's what I think the the movie is even handed at. Mm-hmm. They show the sexual harassment. Now, it's a culture that is at NBC, CBS, CNN. We haven't had any we haven't had any ABC guys yet, whatever, but it all comes out and and therefore I think that to keep it unpolitical yeah. is wise but it's not going to happen but Richard Jewell I liked it as a film I'm not touching it now with a 10 foot pole well, sure. because well. it's just it became it has a life of its own now because of Clint changing that well I'm and, and good for Richard Jewell and good for Clint Eastwood for trying to do this to help Richard Jewell and clear his right name. and I thought that because it writes a wrong that guy was mm-hmm. railroaded it was horrible and to see that happen Sam Rockwell is really good uh Kathy Bates is good Paul Walter Hauser who's used to playing Hoosiers he <laughs> uh has a breakthrough performance right yep. you know it's very good but I don't want it to be all about Olivia Wilde as the reporter well, who sleeps the with the guy inexplicable thing that he goes that this is Eastwood going out of his way to clear Richard Jewell the real guy and in so doing, taking another real person and throwing who's her. Who's also dead. Who's Yeah, who's dead and can't yeah. defend herself. And is, um, I just, um, so this, that's why I'm um, uh, just staying away from it right, right. now. So, but I will say this for Avengers Endgame. I know we saw it early in the year. And it tends to be, you know, now that we've gone through the year. It's people on Disney are, Plus. People are talking about it. But if you go back to when we saw it. Mm-hmm. And how perfectly it ended. Yeah. The and it was, whole. at the time, it was Dan's favorite film yeah. of the year. Well, and it's good. I, it is good. I, it made me tear up. But it's three hours long. It made me laugh. I thought Robert Downey Jr. was, uh, you know, supporting actor. Oh, remember? Actor he's going to get nominated, nominated for Best Friend. He's not. But, well, no, he's him. not. He's in my top ten, though, of supporting performances. But... I'm just saying, if you recall that, that's why I put it on as my 10 instead of Toy Story 4, mm-hmm. because Toy Story 4 is just it's genius a good and brilliant. And it could have gone so many ways wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's a good but, movie. but I wrestled with that, and I thought, you know. Well, Endgame? see, that's, I w- it was between, in the 10th spot, it, well, the Irishman, well, was it going to be 10? In my 9th spot, it was either going to be Toy Story or Frozen 2. Brilliant. And I you think, know, to- uh, I think in the long run. Yeah, it's Toy Story. Because well, I'll watch people, that one again. Because mm-hmm. it has such meaning with it. And the new, the, the, the uh, leaving old behind and starting yeah, new. But that's how three ended. <laughs> and Forky. Mm. Yeah. We are and all Forky. And Keanu Reeves and yeah. all. Oh, it's so good. Just so wonderful. And they make them so wonderful. But Avengers, you know, people that would be surprised that I would have that on. But it was like the, it ended it the way it should have and there's so many memorable just like star wars there's mm-hmm. so many memorable scenes in it there's a lot of memory in our top 10 lists mm-hmm. you guys mm-hmm. there's a lot of very memorable moments yeah in all these films yeah. well i would hope what so. do you what do you think <laughs> of the issue okay because a lot of people have said to me oh once upon a time in hollywood was so long irishman was so long i don't have three and a half hours i don't think 
those are both on my top 10 list for other reasons. Mm-hmm. I had to disregard the time. What do you guys think about all the movies coming I, out that are I, so long? I watched – Dan sent us a text one night and said, how come every single movie we have to watch is two hours and ten minutes? <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing. Um, I hate to say it, but length does play a role in the way I prioritize watching yeah. them because oh, I've I got an hour and a half. cram in uh, when I have a day where I'm like, okay, I just need to cram in as many screeners as I can to get caught up. Uh, you know, two hours and ten minutes. Yeah, if they're a ninety-minute or a hundred-minute-long movie, that that's going to be a lot easier to fit in. Like a Queen and Sl- I could fit in a Queen oh, and Slim rather when, than. Oh, when I put in Queen and Slim, I was so shocked at how good it was. I but was that's like, also two hours and ten minutes. I know, but I, I was know. just it doesn't like, seem that way. Though. No, no, but I was like, oh my god, I wish I would have seen it to review it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see, I, Queen and Slim is on my not the movies I regrettably haven't watched yet, but I've watched the first 40 minutes and then I had to turn it off to go get my kids or something. Yeah, and this I still haven't got back to it's it. It's not a movie that you want to watch with the kids in the house. Exactly. And I, I am. And I'm I like, don't like some of the choices that they made near the end of the film. See, right. I, I haven't got there yet. I, I, this was three weeks ago. I watched the first 40 minutes. I still haven't got back to it because now they're all off school. All my kids. Yeah, you don't so want to watch that with them. So it's hard to get at but you know certain what? things. You ha- your older kids could appreciate it. Maybe. I don't know what's in it, so I can't. Um... There is one very graphic sex scene. It's really. Well, we're not going to watch that together. It's I... great. In the, they, they do it in the car. No. No, I would say this is my favorite screener story with my family. Um, okay, so you know that movie Shame came out with Michael Fassbender. Yes. And oh. uh, I didn't know oh. much about it. I just there heard was, it was She getting, was a sex addict. I, I was, no, he and he his is. sister. Yeah, he's a sex addict. And uh, okay, so Who was the sister? Uh, it was Carrie, uh, yeah, uh, Mulligan. Mulligan. Okay. Okay, so. Uh, Tiny I, little Carrie Mulligan. I didn't know much about it, but he was getting the big buzz, you know? and. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, my son, Tim, was a massive film nut, and uh, everybody had left for thanks from Thanksgiving, and we were going to sit down and watch movies. We were going to, he said, how about watching Shame, and then we were going to watch Beginners. You watched this with your son? Well, let me just preface this. Yeah. This is why it's What's my favorite. Wrong with you? This is why it's my favorite screener story. This is why you should know about what you're putting into the DVD player, because five minutes into it, I was like, Oh, holy Jesus, God, how can I sit here <laughs> with him and watching your son's it? Like, I got to go. And I said, No, I said, Tim, I go. And sorry. maybe it's the Catholic schoolgirl in me, but I was like, Tim, I can't watch this with you. So you can watch it by yourself, and I'll watch it later. But I could not. This watch is just it. too weird. But oh my God, the first, the first 10 minutes, he's totally full frontal nudity, yeah. naked. I'm okay. Yeah. He's but, just walking around, uh, flop, 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 flop. <laughs> and it's, oh, yeah, it's, um. Oh, so I, I always laugh at that. It's like, you know, you're so wanting to do, you know, you hear good things. You, you hear good things about Fassbender. Tim had seen Fish Tank, really liked it. Uh-huh. He had seen Hungry. Hunger. Hunger. And then he's, and then he saw all of Michael Fassbender. And then, and then we're sitting there and I was just like. I know he's a film major and all that kind of stuff because that's when he yeah. was back at school. Though. Sure. And I thought, but I can't. I cannot. I cannot. All and right. So we I need to leave. say goodbye to yes. everyone now. Yes. Happy New have, Year. Yeah. Um, happy New Year. And we're going to, in the coming year, we will talk about the best of the decade. Back at math. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you for Thank being you. in. You can follow Jim on Zeke Film. Dot com and also at at, at yeah. the uh, St. Louis Film Critics zekefilm.org org I'm it's sorry a, it's a it's a non for profit so um, thanks and uh, what is our website I, it's s l f c 
stlfilmcritics.org. No, it's stlfilmcritics.org. Oh, so and another all our reviews are all our reviews are posted on there and our our podcast. Link. Yes, that too. All right, my name is Carl Middleman. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Carl the Intern, and you can hear me on the Max on Movies show Yay. at Max on Movies, and you can also hear me on the Entercom family of radio stations, KZK, KFDK, KMOX. Uh, Y98 and now 96.3. And Lynn, they can hear you on uh, the Big um, 550. They can hear me on the Big 550 KTRS. Uh, I was with Jay uh, Cancer for two years, and now he's leaving the station, so Ray Hartman's asking me to stay. So I'll be with Ray on Thursday nights in the 10 o'clock hour, and I am in the timesnewspapers.com. Lynn Venhouse online. Yeah, which is a Webster Kirkwood Times, South County Times, and West End. Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, all of that. Bye. Here's to a great 2020. 2020.